good morning and a very warm welcome to you. Thank you for joining us as we begin a new week in worship with one another. Today, Andrew Knight will be preaching for us, so we pray for God's blessing on him. Let's begin by praying together. God, the strength of all those who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers. And because through the weakness of our mortal nature, we can't do any good thing without you. Grant us the help of your grace, that in keeping your commandments, we may please you both in our will and in our deed. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So let's worship together. Bye. 
The reading is taken from the Gospel according to St Matthew. Reading from verse 35 of chapter 9 through to verse 8 of chapter 10. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples, and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere amongst the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Kill the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O God, help us to listen to your word with understanding, to receive it with faith, and to obey it with courage. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Sometimes I like to imagine what the experience of the first twelve disciples was like. To begin with, they found Jesus entertaining. He had some good stories. And he was good at telling them, too. What he did was impressive, and sometimes it offended people, but it offended the people who were a bit of a pain anyhow. After a while, there came a respect as well. He could do this well. He knew what he was talking about. And actually, he could do things like teaching Peter the fisherman how to fish. And then life settled down. They were the twelve. They settled down as his group of assistants. They quite like being recognised and themselves respected. So could they carry on like this? Doing the practical things? Maybe the crowd control or the arrangements for travelling, eating? Oh yes, and paying attention to what Jesus was saying and doing. Then one day Jesus says, Right, it's your turn. And they get sent out in pairs. And they're told that they're going to cure the sick and the demon-possessed and preach the kingdom of God. I wonder how they felt. Some probably had the confidence. Others were scared stiff. But off they went. And if you look ahead a few pages, when they came back, they were really excited. It had worked! 
In lockdown, we've probably found things to do and perhaps to learn. A webinar, a course learning something or other, an old book half forgotten and picked up again. Maybe the communications technology we need to keep in touch with friends and family and work. Zoom, Skype, WhatsApp, all the rest of it. But I wonder if as Christians we see how we need to go on learning in good times and in bad, whether you're young and just nibbling at the Christian life, whether you've been doing it for years and years and years and think you've got it fairly well sussed. It's still true that Jesus is attractive. What he says, the things he does, the way he does them, and especially the way he deals with people, all sorts of people, this is appealing. And there'll be different reasons why people first pay attention and enjoy the experience. But then, like those twelve, there comes a second stage. This isn't just fun. It's not just entertainment for odd moments when there's nothing important. This itself is important. It deserves a regular place in our routine. Our respect grows, and so does our commitment. And that's what it's about, isn't it? Well... Only half. One day Jesus says, Right, you're off on mission. It's time you learnt by doing. And we get sent off, just as the twelve were sent off. It's a good idea if we go in pairs. It's good for morale, and uh, one encourages the other. What can we do? Well, we can tell the stories that we've heard. And, more usefully sometimes, our own stories of faith. We can pray. It's not just for vicars. In fact, they're not very good at it. Be careful who you tell that to, but it's true. People think that they have to be like that because it's their job. But if you do it because you want to, or because your story is personal, then... That's different. And, yes, people normally come back quite excited about having a share in the work of God's kingdom. It's worth having a look at the instructions that they were given. It's always worth having a careful look at the text. First of all, Jesus says they're to go to people who ought to have a bit of background Go to the lost sheep of Israel. Yes, this is a training exercise. Later on, they'll go much further. But, oddly, do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals of a staff. What's that all about? Well, it seems that what Jesus is saying is that, yes, this is a training exercise, and yes, it's about spreading the kingdom of God, and it will take it much further than Jesus' voice could have carried. But the disciples are going to learn. 
can God provide for them when they haven't got a bit of money to slip somebody for a decent meal? Will anyone listen to them? If they actually pray for somebody, will anything happen? Yes, it's quite an ask. And the answers in the story, you know. But what about the answers now? That's a bit harder. We're still learning. And perhaps that's exactly as it should be. Later on, we know that the disciples and, yes, others too, would be sent out. And they'd be sent out not just to the people who were supposed to know in Israel, but to all the world. Look at the end of Matthew's Gospel, last few verses. And they would be sent using all the resources they had, a few more tools to learn to use like us and the technology of lockdown. But here in chapter 10 of Matthew's Gospel, the twelve go out and they learn and the kingdom is spread. And of course that's how we go on learning, just like the twelve. I suppose some of them might have thought that they'd seen it all, they'd heard all the parables, they'd got it off pat. But when it came to it, and they actually had to do the talking, they found out what they knew and what they weren't quite so sure about. And so do we. Practice is good for confidence. It's also good for showing which questions we still need to ask and to have answered. If Christian life seems boring then I suggest it's probably a sign that we've got something wrong. In the early stages, there ought to be something attractive and fascinating in Jesus. What he's doing, what he's saying, who he's encouraging, who he's offending. Yeah. And then, as we gain commitment and understanding there should still sometimes be the feeling of living on the edge, a bit beyond our comfort zone. The way those disciples felt when they were hiked off from being fishermen and given a whole new job and identity. And, and I feel this myself, no matter how far or how long we travel the Christian path, there's never a stage where there's nothing new, nothing to learn, where all we have to do is to sit back. Perhaps that's the most difficult thing for those of us who've been in church for a long time. But it's true, and we're going to find it more and more as church changes, as there are new challenges, and we're the ones who have to go and teach and face it and do it. So, for your homework... Oh, sorry, no, this isn't a lesson, is it? Never mind. For your homework, and you're going to be at home a little bit, 
what are you learning and how are you learning it? Was it voluntary? Was it something that you welcome, that you're enjoying and that's really fun? Or perhaps you've been put into a situation you're not entirely comfortable with, you wouldn't have volunteered for. Either way, you're not alone. And if you'll take advantage of the help that God gives, you're going to grow through that experience. We need to work out that what we need in church is not just more disciples of Jesus, but more disciples who've had a bit of experience and know, well, who know the basics and know deep down that they have a whole lot more to learn and go on learning so that God's kingdom is really as wonderful as it's meant to be, and never, ever boring. Let's pray together. God our Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be still in your presence. 
We praise you because we know that you're not a distant God, but a God who draws near to us in Jesus. Through your Holy Spirit, we experience your incredible love, the power of your forgiveness and the comfort of your presence. May we know, Lord, that you're always with us, even during this challenging season in our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray today, Lord, for our world, for the leaders of the nations, and especially for our leaders here in Wales. We pray for our NHS workers and for our key workers, all labouring to keep the country on its feet. Watch over them, Lord. Bless and encourage them. We continue to pray for an end to the coronavirus pandemic, for healing among those currently unwell in hospital, and for your comfort and peace on all those who have lost loved ones. We pray too for people everywhere who are suffering in other ways, for those who are lonely or depressed, for those who are anxious, perhaps because their much-needed treatment's been cancelled or because their job or income is at risk. We pray for children and young people confused because they don't understand what's going on. And we pray for those leaving school whose hopes of beginning a new apprenticeship or going on to university have been thrown up into the air. We pray for business leaders and for shop owners. We pray for pub landlords and we pray for the state of our economy too. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We praise you, Lord, because no matter what we look like, we're precious in your sight. Our lives matter to you. Our hopes and our dreams count. We pray for our brothers and sisters who've been oppressed and persecuted because of the colour of their skin. And we ask forgiveness for the racism that continues to unjustly persecute them. We pray for the family of George Floyd and we hope for a new and better future. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the Church in Wales, especially at this time as it would have been celebrating its centenary. We pray for John, our Bishop, and we give you special thanks today for Andrew and Jill, for Glyn and Beryl, for Awina and for Lisa. We pray especially for Lisa, as her ordination would have been drawing near. Surrounded by lots of uncertainties because of coronavirus, when she'll actually be ordained, when she'll move and when her new ministry will begin. We pray, Lord, that you would be near to her. Thank you for all that she's brought to our church over the last two years and for all that we've been able to learn together. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you don't call perfect people to your service, but you call us. Help us to grow in love for you, let there be a special place for you in our lives. May we pray and delve into our Bibles. Help us to see, Lord, that there's always more to learn in you and to recognise that the best way to learn is often to do what you call us to do, even when that takes us way out of our comfort zones. May your Holy Spirit fill us. May it strengthen and guide us, and may it help us to know when to share our stories with others. 
Lord, we pray especially today for eleven people about to begin a lay worship leader course. Bless and encourage them as they journey together through that course. To be with you, Lord, is always an endless journey of discovering new and exciting things. Real faith is never boring, so help us to trust in you and to be ready to go with you wherever you lead us. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen.
So at the beginning of another really strange week, I just want to share again that we love you, we miss you, and we look forward to seeing you again face to face. But remember that if you need anything, you've only got to pick up the phone. We're still delivering food parcels, we're still collecting prescriptions, and of course we're still linking up with people on a weekly basis over the telephone. It's really incredible to hear about the new friendships that are forming as people are chatting with one another. And I hope that you feel really blessed through those conversations. Also, remember that there's lots going on during the week. Prayer meetings, Bible studies and, of course, virtual coffee mornings if you want to catch up and have a chat with others. And if you're afraid of the technology and don't want to use Zoom, remember that you can join in for free on the telephone. We'd love to meet with you in those times. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.